From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Jen from Promly. Jen, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself as well as your company and what you guys are doing? Sure. I'll say this. I never planned on being a startup founder. I can say that for sure. I have been a therapist working with uh, young people, teenagers, young adults for the last 20 plus years, worked in schools, secure treatment, hospital settings, things like that. And only recently, starting in about 2019, became a founder of Promly, which is a new startup ecosystem for teens and also obviously became the CEO. That's awesome. So what is different about your platform? What are maybe some of the challenges out there in the world that you're solving and how does it all work? Sure. I will say this. I, over my career as a therapist, I really watched the mental health crisis emerge with kids and it's heartbreaking to watch, especially being in the position of really being there to help kids, but then the rates of teen suicide, the rates of really major mental health issues have increased so exponentially that it's devastating to watch over 20 years what's actually happened. And I'll give you like the, for instance, when I moved to New Jersey, I was up in New England and I moved to New Jersey in 2003 and there were only three teen suicides in the general geographic area where I treat kids in six years. And then by 2009 to 2019, we saw an increase of anywhere from six to 19 suicides every single year. And then, yeah, 2020, we landed at 15 in that same exact geographic area where I was treating kids. At the same time, kids were saying to me, Jen, like adults created social media. They know it's harming kids. They know it's killing kids. Like, why aren't the adults stepping up to fix it again? Do they just not care about us? Are we just some kind of experiment generation? And I would confidently say to them, guys, I'm sure Google's got this. I'm sure there's somebody really smart over there working on this. I'm sure Facebook has a plan. They have to have a plan. They're all good people working over there. But then it was like, oh my God, like the suicide rates were getting so bad that at a certain point it was like, somebody's got to step up and do something about this. I am not going to have the answer. And so I would position it back to kids and say, what do you guys think could be a solution? What do you want to do? I do a lot of leadership training with young people. And so we put together a team of Gen Zers and myself and some other tech professionals to really reimagine what social networking could really look like while also being able to provide really very accessible mental health like resources, treatment. Uh, We even build in biofeedback from the back of the phone to help coach kids through a panic attack. But to answer your question, Brad, like we have created a new social ecosystem. Imagine a new social media connecting kids who are 13 to 19 by their life goals, like their 20 by 20 life goals. And then we build in actual opportunities for them to go do those things. So imagine learning how to invest, get an internship, create an NFT, learn how to code, also finding other friends with similar interests. And then we also provide free access to multiple layers of mental health support through 
our We Got You platform, where we partner with numerous nonprofits that maybe would never have a go-to-market or like a tech presence, but we're able to amplify their messaging and their resources, as well as our own messaging and resources through that part of the platform. I hope that's not too wordy, but you know. No, no, that's awesome. I love what you're yeah. doing. And uh, so let's talk about how you've grown this. So like, where did you start? Like step one, you want to, you know, create this new ecosystem. What's the story of that? Like how you start, do you have, find some tech people and start? Right. Well, what is yeah. that like? I will say, again, I'm a therapist, right? I'm not a startup founder. I didn't even know what a startup was when I started. And I started listening to some podcasts on what are startups and how do you build this? I initially thought we'd build a nonprofit or something like that. But then the difficulty was who's going to donate to a no-name nonprofit, right? We're not going to be able to get enough capital to be able to create something on a technical level. I'm not technical, so we'd need to hire out a technical team. The I've listened to one Stanford podcast, actually, on my drive home from work. I'll never forget. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And they were talking about the incorporation as a public benefit corp and a nonprofit hybrid. And again, I don't think I'd ever heard of that. I'm not sure many other people have. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea because if we're going to create this new app, we really need it to be truly responsible from a technical standpoint. And we can't be reliant on the normal revenue models that we know are hurting kids, right? I can't in good conscience do that. But a public benefit corp would allow us to make decisions really in the best interest of the public benefit while also inviting investor capital in. So we incorporated in that way, but then we also realized that we really are doing all of the things that a nonprofit does. And so we were able to build our own 501c nonprofit within the public benefit corp. So we really work as a hybrid, but we're able to then provide free and accessible resources through our nonprofit for kids, as well as then partner with other nonprofits who wouldn't otherwise have a tech presence. So we solve a problem for them while also being able to provide better access that's more scalable for kids that are really in in need, but even just your average kid who wants to find friends, but then occasionally might need a little bit more support either through peers or through a talk line or a text line or something else. That's really cool. So you set up this unique structure and then you build the technology out and then how do you get users? What's the original strategy and what does that turn into? Yeah. So right now we just launched, we launched a, a few versions of the app. As you may be well aware, Gen Z is a pretty picky crowd in terms of what they download on their phone. So it's definitely challenging to get Gen Z to download new apps and that sort of thing. However, with a couple betas that we pushed out and then we're constantly pivoting, we feel like now we have, we just recently launched the app itself and we are getting organic users even without digital marketing. But obviously utilizing TikTok digital marketing is a good strategy. One of the other things that we find is because we have so many young people, we've had over 200 young people work with us every semester to be able to build Promly out. They become the ambassadors, we'll say, for what we're building at Promly. That's so cool. Are your, I'll say customers, like are they the actual kids themselves that you're marketing directly to? Or do you more so partner with like 
organizations like schools and, and this event encourage its use? Well, here's the deal, Brad. Our, we had a really great B2B model with schools, right? It was going to be so great. And what we found from our focus groups is kids were like, Jen, that's a really great model. And that's so nice that you built out the financial projections and all of those kinds of things, because that would be an easy lift. But our focus groups were like, we wouldn't trust it if it came from a school. It's fine. And we might utilize it a little bit, but would we actually trust the product if it came from administration at school? And the answer was again and again, no. Mm -hmm. And so we had to scrap that idea um, again, because we wanted this to be truly for Gen Z by Gen Z. This isn't something that we look at as we just want the easiest path to profitability, but we had to think about different revenue models that didn't just rely on the school-based model. Yes and no. To answer your question, it's more of yes, many of our users are the same age demographic as our volunteers who are high school age. One of the app products that we have is for 13 to 19 year olds, and we actually build in age recognition AI to try to guarantee that they're actually 13 to 19. We don't want this to be a place that's not safe for kids. But then we also have a Promly U version coming out that's for uh, 17 plus for more of college age students. So that will be a little bit of a different demographic. Um, okay, nice. Any major lessons learned so far in building this, this company? A million lessons, Brad, in terms of building this company. Yeah, there's a million lessons learned. Come on, I'm I come from a background of being a therapist, not a CEO. So there's a million lessons learned, right? There's very you're entering into a different world and need to be able to pivot easily, but also be able to speak to things like revenue models and things like that that wouldn't have necessarily been my background. But I feel like with the fact that we did some accelerator programs and we've joined a lot of different other organizations and partnered with a lot of other similar startups and that sort of thing. We, I feel like, yeah, there's a million lessons learned, particularly on how do you run a startup? Let's start there. Yeah. What do you say has been one of the biggest ones? I would say this is, I, I guess what comes to mind mostly is not being a technical founder I think the biggest mistakes, let's say, that we made that then we, that I would want to mitigate in the future is really finding that very strong technical leader from a startup standpoint. Fortunately, we have that now, but along the way, I think we got taken advantage of a few different times and that's a bummer, right? I really do admire when there's a founder that has a very strong technical day in, day out presence, but we weren't in that position and we had to think through it a little bit differently. We do, I will say my first co-founder had a technical background, but not necessarily from a coding standpoint, but more from just working in IT and that kind of thing and was really helpful in the beginning. But I think again, without that technical background, it's easy, it's easy to maybe go in not quite the right direction. Yeah. Let's talk about content. So you mentioned you're doing some stuff with TikTok. And then obviously we're doing a podcast here. What, what's your approach to content? I imagine it's interesting because you have to track people to download the app, but are you also doing like an executive presence play with you know, your LinkedIn stuff? Tell me about that whole approach. Thing. Yeah, that's interesting because even prior to doing this, right? So I'm a person who often gets asked to do speaking engagements at schools corporations. I've done consulting, especially in terms of giving advice to parents on how to do parenting during the pandemic, certainly what to do with technology and adolescence and things like that. And that was always just part of what I did before 
this before starting Promly. But now there's obviously more of a push to keep doing that and to get more involved in some of those conversations that really force people to think a little bit differently. And yeah, so we look for different events that help to share a little bit more of the vision that we're creating and what we're doing. And again, that's through corporate speaking and talking at schools and with parent groups and that kind of thing, which has proved to be really great. Um, One of the other things that's really interesting that's emerged is just naturally with the work that we've done with so many students, we actually created more of a youth advocacy platform built into Promly. So we actually work with members of Congress on building new tech policy. One of the things we recently worked on is the Kids Online Safety Act. And one of the things that we can pat ourselves on the back for is that we were able to build youth representation into that most recent policy. So that's something I never would have expected would have been served up for us. But it just so happened that a lot of the advocacy work that we started on in regards to suicide prevention really got some legs. And so we were able to push that a little bit more through both our platform, but then also through the advocacy work that we do. Yeah. Awesome. Now, what is one thing you wish you had known when you first became a CEO that you know now? Hmm, good question. Being a CEO is really hard. I think I assumed that it would be something that I would just take on because I've always run my own business and that it would be something that would be very natural to me. And while there may be part of it that is natural, it was much harder than I would have initially thought. Absolutely. And any closing remarks, words of wisdom, any advice for those out there listening today? Yes. I think one thing that sets us apart that's a little bit different and makes my job as a CEO easier is that we're a truly mission-driven organization. And so when it comes to bringing team members on and different people into what we're building, I find that really testing the folks that we're interviewing about how driven they are in regards to our mission has proved to be exceptionally helpful in long-term, meaning when people come to join our team from a mission-driven standpoint, they really are, they turn out to be exceptional parts of the team and employees. And I'm grateful because we've been able to build a team of people who are seasoned professionals in finance and in multiple different areas, but really are joined together for a greater purpose. And that's positioned us, I think, to have an exceptionally strong foundation. I love that. Jen, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you, Brad. It's great. Absolutely.